back to the podcast. Today's film will be talking about Parasite, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Right, so this film has actually been nominated, actually it's won an Oscar for Best Picture, alongside Best Director and Best Original Play. Um, so I originally just watched the, the film and I would say it's my second favourite film. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, before we come on to me, I'm going to go on to Owen. What's your first impressions of the film when you watched it? Well, um, so I watched the film first time last year. Oh, no, 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 yeah, last year at some point. And I really liked it, but I didn't, because apparently this is, this film was also sort of a comedy. It's meant to be a bit of a comedy as well. But I just didn't find it funny at times. I, I, I did not see what the humour was. But then I watched it for the second time yesterday in um, Black and White. <laughs> for some reason, and I found it a lot funnier than I remembered it was. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a really like amazing film. It has one of the best you know sequences, I think, ever. And um, yeah, I I just really love the film. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, um, Daniel, what about you? What's your, what's your first impressions on it? Um, so obviously, continuing the theme of um, Owen liking murder, uh, which which seems to be some sort of weird obsession he has. It was, I guess, it was funny at a couple of points, but um, yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I especially well, what liked. What would you say was funny? Well, I don't know. I can't... The, uh, the 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 chimpanzee pacing thing. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. When, when Self-portrait. Oh yeah. What she was making that up? No, no. So it's just when. Um, um, the star has been introduced around the park house, and um, yeah. she introduces the artwork on the wall by by the son of the rich family, and she says like, "Oh, this is like really, this is a really good painting." I said, "Yeah, or is mm. it a is it of a chimpanzee?" And she she goes, "No, it's self portrait." Um, but, um, oh, I see. I didn't. So yeah, for, for me, this is a this okay, is definitely. Um, for me, this is definitely a ten out of ten film. I'd say. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely up there with one of my favourite films, and like even, yeah. and it's kind of, I think it's the first foreign film that I've like properly liked, and I I don't watch that many foreign films, but this one especially, because the main reason I watched it is because of the Oscar win and just how much kind of attention it was getting. So yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, it, uh, to just better what you were saying. That's good. I, this was like my first introduction to foreign films. Like for that, I was again like, yeah, I hadn't watched any foreign films. Then when I realised that this there was this sort of quality of film all around the world, I just like you know looked at French films and other and like I've got Studio Ghibli a lot, and I feel like this was like the starting point for that for me. And for that, I think that like it's a really significant film personally. But yeah, and uh, Finley, you watched this for the first time today uh so what are your immediate thoughts yeah so i actually so originally i i watched uh if the viewers don't know there's this film called pan's labyrinth and it's actually in spanish and when i went when i was watching it i was like oh it's subtitles i struggle because i i read the subtitles so i forget what's actually happening on the film but surprisingly i didn't i managed to it managed to work and i managed to follow the story so going into Parasite, I was like, well, you know, it's the same thing. It's a foreign film. I don't know if I'll enjoy it. Anyway, I got to watching it and I know I just, I thought it was such a great, uh, great movie. I mean, 
from the aspects of the whole storyline of how you know just one becoming a tutor to the whole family getting into this into this rich family without them even knowing was so like genius and um and all their like separate little plans they had to get into it it just all worked so well um and then and then of course when it got to like the middle near ending obviously uh, got really interesting and tense between obviously obviously the um the old maid and our family and then the ending definitely definitely satisfied me um with with how it ended um because you know it, it made me shocked because you know that the the father died but then I was almost happy that you know he bought the house again and um saw his father no he didn't which I he thought it was really cool and creative I'd say definitely like a 10 out of 10 huh he, he, he didn't buy the film yet, by the house yet. well he said he would, he said he would. no yeah no but no okay so yeah. this is this he is a good this is a good transition okay so um what I think what one of the main strengths of the film is how layered the story is and I think one of the biggest aspects is obviously you know poor versus the rich and at the end he obviously says he's going to buy the house he's going to get a good job and um, buy the house with his mum and let his dad come out from under the basement and be free again. But what, what we think the film is over by then. Then it like sort of fades to black and then it fades back out into a shot. Basically, the same shot at the start of um, the the son yeah. in the um, half. I think it's like a half basement apartment. In, I don't know what it's called. So, yeah. So, so the whole idea behind that is no matter. Like it would take him so long. To, it's basically impossible for a man like him in his financial position to get to that spot of buying the house. And if, I think in the credits, the very last credits, Bon Joon Ho actually wrote a song, which the son performed at the end, called like some like however many thousands of hours that would take him to actually do that. So in the end, he doesn't mm. buy the house. It's just a dream he has, but it's impossible for him because he's so poor. Yeah, it's a really like quite depressing ending, but I think the, the laid story, but like um, really, will reward you like more more than you Yeah, I know there's actually like a hidden message between the weather uh, in this movie. I'm not sure what it is. I yes, there is. There is. That, that's a good point, actually. About climate change or something. Uh, not about climate change, but the rain sort of. Ties and like the, the, there's all I've, I've watched like I've read articles about it. There's a pattern of running motif and, and about stairs. So, so um, when Simon first goes into the park home, which is the rich, he goes up five stairs into this like luxury space. And like stairs are always like the main point of like whenever something's about to happen, like when um, the mum spots the maid possibly having tuberculosis and. Um, yeah, stuff like that. But then when, when the rainstorm happens, um, you see them and they've escaped the house. You see them go back down these like flights of stairs that are really, really deep. And it gets lower and lower and lower below the high prestige like the, where the parks family live. So it represents sort of class and the rain sort of shows how the lower you are, the worse it is for you. Because obviously the house gets completely flooded. Whereas from the parks, they can live comfortably like watching out their huge window with, with their son choosing to be outside in a tent which I think mm -hmm. was you know, really clever and, little detail yeah um, and also so like near the end 
Um, the father actually does stab, does stab the the um, the owner of the house. And I was just wondering what your thoughts was behind that of why he actually stabbed him. Well, I, I, I've got a point. To- so I'm, I'm just going to disregard your question there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to kind of expand on Owen's point uh, about yeah. kind of the symbolism in oh, the film. Okay, so obviously you have um, at the beginning when uh, like the main, the main kid who teaches his daughter English, he gets given this kind of rock by or like stone by his friend or whatever. Mm. And that's kind of... I think that's always kind of symbolic of like who he is as a person. Like no matter how much you kind of change from like trying to infiltrate some rich person's house or like trying to to con some other people, you're always going to be in that poor situation. And it's always kind of stuck with him throughout the whole film. And that's mm. quite symbolic of kind of where he is in his position in life. Um, yeah, funny you say that actually because I saw. Basically, Bon Joon-ho kept get, like, getting asked like interviews and press conferences about what, what a stone represents. And I could be completely wrong here, but I'm pretty sure he said it has, doesn't actually have that much of a meaning. It's more of like, mm. I think I've used this word before, it's like a MacGuffin to drive the plot forward a little bit. And I think you are right, yeah. it does represent his class and financial position and the hopelessness of it all. But I feel like it, it, it just shows, for me, it just shows how, because I think, but by the looks of it, his friend's quite a well-off guy. Yeah. And apparently has these yeah. stones, these uh, like explosives all over his house. And it's kind of like, like the rich, like excessively excessively spending on like insignificant items. And that's sort of the whole. Yeah. Like, I think it's quite clever as well as as a kind of a prop basically, because it's it's very ambiguous as to what it means in the film, which is mm. why so many people have had these kind of interpretations about what it means. Because there's also stuff like, it's just like, like, it's like his friend taking pity on him in a way, just like mm. saying, I'll have this, but like, it's still considered worthless. Like, it doesn't mean anything to him. It's just a book. But then that could also be, like, it, it's very ambiguous, which is really clever from the director's part, obviously. Definitely, definitely. No, I agree. Um, and this uh, book has uh, some pretty beautiful cinematography and shots. So Yes, it does. I think especially the one that kind of stands out to me is you have the the whole family in in the park's house in like the garden and they're like doing hammer swinging or something. Oh yeah, no, that's like, that, shot. that shot yeah, with yeah, the sunset yeah. it just works so well. So Actually, if you guys had like a fun fact shot. about that shot, that half of that house is completely CGI, like the trees and the sky and the top of the house. That's not real. Yeah, which I thought was some nice little detail, but. Um... No, I I hmm. loved cinematography. So, I mean, the way it captured these like sort of grand houses at the parks, and it, it was really good to show the contrast between rich and poor and stuff like that. These big open spaces, hmm. and um, I mean, I <laughs> I saw it in colour the first time, and I think hmm. the colours colours were really nice. You know, very vibrant and yeah, bright, vibrant. Um, yeah. But I saw him, I talked to, to prepare for this episode, I watched him black and white just to see if it was there. I thought I might as well see, see how it is because I think Bonnie Hone like edits it himself or something like that. <clears throat> and it's weird how, I mean, this is a very obvious thing to say, but how it just makes it, the, the, 
having it in black and white makes it so black and white about how obviously rich they are and how obviously poor they are. You, you like the, the dirt on the walls of the Kim family are so prevalent and it just like sort of really exposes their uh, living conditions and you know how poor they are. So I, 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 do, I do prefer the colour version though. Because it, it is... that's quite clever in terms of like <clears throat> how like diverse a film could be because you've got obviously the black and white film and the colour version so then it is it can have like multiple meanings from however you watch it like as you say the black and white has more kind of undertone and um the cinematographer which is i mean i'm gonna pronounce this incorrectly but <laughs> hong kyung pyo hopefully um yeah, but that's it, yeah so he he used he used like a wider wider lens when shooting this yeah but not so it allows for kind of just more, more like varied shots, I guess. Kind of see the scale at which the Park family are living compared to just like, just how utterly cramped and just like horrible the conditions are for like, in the basement. So I think mm. that's really clever in how that's shot. Um, I was gonna actually say, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, I think. The tracing of the characters with the camera, I thought was a really nice aspect. Mm. So from the start of the movie, when um, the dad, uh, the son goes off to the job interview and the dad looks at the door and then it pans from him to, to the son. I thought that was a really nice shot. And when the, I think it, I don't, when they were like hiding in the house, and it tracked, it like just tracked them running away from the family. I thought it was a really nice aspect and really, you know, made it more tense in those scenes. I mean, um, to, build on, to build on Daniel's point on um, wide angle lenses, I like it really captured, I think you talked about this earlier, the architecture of the whole thing, because that's a really significant detail. How the parks have this full, like, floor to ceiling windows and big grand designs that <laughs> stuff like that and how the Kims live in a semi-basement house and how that sort of contrasts how a window is viewed as a luxury in in the film. Another interesting point I noticed is that when the Kim is hired as their driver in every single shot when he's driving um Mr Park uh yeah. then you kind of you, uh, Mr Park is always in the frame like even if it's so the camera's either on Mr Park or it's on Kim, but then he's still in the background. Mm. So he's always he's always kind of like lurking in the background. He's always kind of part of this story. Then that makes it even more kind of conclusive in the end when he eventually gets stabbed by Kim, because it's all about kind of his smell and like kind of, obviously there's a clear class divide with just like, oh, you smell poor or whatever. Mm. So that's kind of really clever how he's constantly there, kind of just like looming over this this or like every scene he's in i mean yeah because i think the smell in the film or like we all will smell it. like it seems to get progressively worse they seem to notice it even more and more initially it's just like a thing running the nose kind of thing then they, they physically have to go like that really overdo it just to the, mm. the, the parks have to like it's sort of their mission to completely distance themselves from any sort of poverty and that's why yeah. they're so over exaggerative with their and like inconsiderate about their eminence living conditions and stuff like that but um yeah 
I like, I think, and just to add, like, I think the score in the film is one of the, one of the better scores in like the past few years. Like, I'll, 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 I'll talk about that um, each sequence. I'll we'll talk about that a bit in a, in a minute, but like, just alone, the music is so like grand and it's really like, yeah, I know it, it really excites you. And I think it's one of the better scores of like the past couple of years. It's more kind of representative of the upper class in terms of how grand the music mm. is and just just how li- like big the instrument sound. I, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <but> like just <laughs> just how how yeah how big the instrument sound. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. The the music is definitely a, a really good part of the film. It definitely adds to the experience. Um. Well, yeah. I'll, 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 we'll talk about the music, so I'll go into the scene. Um. The peach sequence when they're planning planning to uh, get rid of the housemaid, um, so that yeah. the monk the monk replace her. That is one of like the most immersive, exhilarating experiences I've yeah. ever watched. Yeah, like, well, along with the music and how intricately planned out everything is, and yeah. it's really like weirdly satisfying to watch every single time. And I find myself just like watching it on YouTube, just like over and over and over again because it's so like interesting, so to watch. powerful. Not powerful. It's just quite. I guess it is. Well, yes, yeah, pretty powerful. But it's like it's just just it's really emotionally. It's emotionally powerful. Emotionally powerful. Nice. Yes, definitely. So I think a really significant scene in the film is around. I think it's literally like bang on half of the film. Once the parks are gone on their um, um, birthday trip to a campsite, and yep. the the part and the Kim family have like completely taken over the house sort of bathing in all their luxuries and you know celebrating yeah. their success and they had that really tense moment and think he's about to punch the dad by punch the month and that's like sort of lowers our expectation a little bit and then the doorbell rings and it's the housemaid mm. that um doorbell i think is one of the <laughs> one of the more haunting parts of the film the best sound bridges one of the yeah. best sound bridges in any film and it's like I feel like that is when the um, that's when the film sort of changes from like completely into the story tone. It gets a lot more darker from then. And um, yeah, I I would say. And this one we're introduced to um, we're introduced to um, the husband, which Daniel, I think you want to talk about. Um, Yeah. So I I was going to say that that husband's got a pretty whack haircut. He's like, he's got like uh, some bald like reverse. He's Mohican. so creepy. He's got, yeah, he's got a reverse Mohican. He just stares into everything. I don't. Oh yeah. But also, I why, guess that's kind why of the was that? The why was he there? And why? Why? How did he get up like to the stairs to traumatize that the son? You have oh, to what? wait for the prequel to remember that. Prequel. The prequel, the Parasite prequel, called. Oh, Bar- shut up. Hmm. <laughs> no, because like, why? I don't get it. I don't get why he would have gone upstairs, stopped midway, just so it's there, to scare the kid, and then he would have gone away in time. Not to know something. But and unless the the kid is like genuinely schizophrenic or like has some sort of weird ability where he he thought it's like a ghost, it was genuinely a ghost. 
which is happening. Yeah, unless like, it's some sort of weird fight club thing where it's just he never existed in the first place. Of course you managed to look at that like fight club. His, his guilty conscious. <laughs> he, he, just, he just wasn't an actual character and he was just kind of the guilty conscience. And then eventually... Because isn't he the one that convinces the dad to kill the other... No, he, he runs into the party and stabs pretty much everyone, including the daughter. Yes. And then he gets shut down. And then Kim stabs the dad because of kind of how he smells or how um, he thinks actually I think I might be wrong I, I, his name's not Kim I think in Korea that's his surname Kim oh. it makes sense why the daughter was the one to be killed I think I think she was the one who fitted in most with the family and appeared to be the most natural with the rich people and that just sort of well I think that's Bong's way of saying well, I, I don't think he actually believes in this but I feel like that's like his sort of idea that if, if a poor person or like if someone in poverty come then they can never come near to being rich and that's what mm. i think you kind of see what society's trying to say because as soon as, soon as she comes close in. she gets killed and that's the like, whole depressing and, thing about it and then that ties in with the final message as you mentioned earlier with just never getting there mm. um Right, so that about wraps up the Three Caramel podcast. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. And we're going to get some fun ratings, starting with Owen. So uh, when, when I watched it the first time. That was one nine out of ten. And now I was say it's a ten out of ten. I love it. I think that I really love this film. It's really great. Is that for both versions, black and white and color? Uh, yeah. For, well, I think I prefer the color version. Color definitely a ten out of ten. But the black and white version may appreciate it more. But I think the color version is way better. They're, they're still both ten out of ten. And for Finley. Well, you know, I only have, I only did have one favourite film and I was in Glorious Bastards, so this would definitely be the same category as that and I'd put it in my top two favourite films, 10 so, out of 10. 10 out of 10 then. Nice. Yeah. And Daniel, uh, what about would, you? So, I would also have to rate this a, 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 a faultless 10 out of 10, uh, just, oh, yeah. just for, just for its, its cinematic feat that it performed and at the Oscars as well it did great so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a great Korean win um <laughs> yeah so, thank you leave suggestions leave suggestions in the comments, in the comments. Um, and subscribe uh, and like subscribe like I don't care. You. Bye. bye bye bye